This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, uh, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that wants to end it all now. Now, as if this shithouse of a season wasn't bad enough, losing to Sunderland after being 2-1 up was royally capped off by captain leader legend JT being sent off in the last minute. His red card brings with it a two-match ban, thereby meaning that it might well be the last time we see JT in a Chelsea shirt. Is this the end for JT? If so, what a horrible way to end the career of arguably Chelsea's greatest ever player. If only the end of this shambles of a season could come quicker. I am a very depressed Stamford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast. This is the end, and joining me in what is the equivalent of a footballing funeral, I think, is the wonderful Jonathan Kidd, live and direct from Norway. From Haukesund, Haukesund, Norway. How about that? Would you like to explain to the listener why you are in Norway, Jonathan? Uh, I'm filming um, a show called Vikings Game, or Vikings Game, which is about uh, comedy Vikings, and I'm playing uh, the nicest man in England. And I am um, ceremoniously uh, killed with a very large axe. And I will be, uh, which happened this afternoon, um, very good special effects. And I'll post a few on uh, Twitter, whoever follows me, and you'll see me grinning and giving a thumbs up with an axe in my back. Not that that's how it happened. I was killed horribly. with A stuntman actually advised me how to die if hit by an axe. He said, uh, he said my, my spontaneously, I did a kind of sort of, ooh, in the rehearsal forwards and he said very good indeed he said but now throw your arms up slump onto the table so you don't bang your head and just keep your hands subtly in the waist mm. you see I, it, it, you know i have a fantasy jonathan in my head that you are like the english equivalent of steve van sant in lilyhammer 
I cut out then briefly. Did you notice that? Shall I, shall I say that rude thing again to you? Yeah, could you say that again? Yeah, yeah in, my, in my fantasy head, you know I have quite an imagination. In my head, I, I have this vision of you as Steve Van Sant in Lilyhammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. you are the English equivalent. Anyway, enough of your thesping. But it's... Yeah, but it's, very, it's, it's funny. It's a funny series. Good. It may end up on, on British television, because would you believe they actually were doing a Norwegian version, because they're speaking Norwegian and little bits of English, and then doing an English version as well. All right, so well... It was, that's why it took twice as long to film. Anyway, tedious, but I'll well, post some pictures. Up. All right, OK. Well, John, John Chips Chiverton says, God gvelt Jonathan. Oh, sweet. Thank you. So there you go. Anyway, enough of your thesping anyway, tales. Say, but otherwise, I'm, in, I'm entombed and in despair. Yeah, we, as we all are. by the Spurs' second half performance. As we now. all are. Anyway, and amazingly enough, we have other guests other than Jonathan, although you would never know. Well, don't speak to me for ten minutes now. Okay, I'll try not to. It'll be very hard because I love you so much. And you oh, might you oh, might just cheer me up tonight. I don't know. Some God help me, somebody has to. Um, anyway, uh, we also have with us the lovely Dan Silver, also known as Dan. 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 How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, very well. We're coming from Sunderland, which was hell of a long way to go for all that. Yeah, I mean, you were there, mate. I mean, Christ, yeah. it was depressing enough watching it on the box. But six pounds for three pints kind of makes it not so bad. And I had the pleasure of two rolls both ways. And Did you really? Hang yeah, on, can you maybe re want to rephrase it? You just said you had the pleasure of Tim Rolls both ways. <laughs> Never ever say anything like that to me because you know how my mind works. Have Tim Rolls. <laughs> There's a third, but we arrived at King's Cross. All right, was it? Was he on good form? I saw a funny picture of him on Twitter. Actually, was he on good form? Yeah, he was on really good form. We on the way back. It was myself, Martin Wicker, uh, Rory from Chelsea TV, yeah. Charlie Skillen, uh, Callum. Had a nice, you know, excellent stuff. Chat on the way back. So it was, good. it was apart from the football, ruining the afternoon. It was good fun. I was going to say classic Chelsea away. Yeah. Uh, the great day ruined by ninety minutes of football. Absolutely. Okay, uh, we have also got with us the wonderful, the reverent uh, Tony Glover to give us an ecclesiastical view and to uh, hopefully give us some uh, counselling tonight. Uh, but <laughs> Tony, of course, made a very sensible decision by missing the game because he was doing a Bonnie Tyler, also known as being lost in France. Is that right, Tony? I believe it was drunk in France, but yeah. um, lost is close enough. Yeah, lost um, in an alcoholic haze, mate. Yes, in a kind of uh, where are my marbles kind of way. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was lovely, and it's good to be here with you, Archbishop, of course. Thank and, you. Um, looking forward to some lively conversation, debate, and opinion. Excellent stuff. I just like to let you all know there will be no bashing of the Archbishop tonight on this show. <laughs> anyway, uh, I should I should better get on with it, really. Right. Okay, that's uh, the show, not the bashing of the Archbishop. Right. On the show tonight, we will be asking if this really is the end for JT. And we'll be asking if he's Chelsea's greatest ever player. In part two, we'll be asking why Goose ignored the youth again and has his second tenure in charge uh, been all that in a very Adrian Durham voice. Uh, we'll discuss the massive job that Conte has got in his hands. That sounds very wrong as well, doesn't it? Anyway, and, he, and will we actually be allowed to manage or will the board interfere yet again? And with a triumphant title-winning Ranieri returning to the bridge next Sunday, we ask how should he be remembered, saviour or failure? And this is very much down to a little bit of a, a piece we did on the show last week, which then followed through onto Twitter this week, did it not, Jonathan? Yes, so I thought, I thought I would give it the airtime that it deserves. Now, in part three, uh, because there's bugger all else to talk about, I thought, why not hand it over to you lot? Make you lot do some work out there. So it's question time on the Chelsea Fancast again. So all of the listeners in Mixler, 
get your questions in and we will attempt to answer them and I have to say as always there's a lovely selection of you wonderful people in there tonight uh, to name a few we've got Waylon oh Waylon who I met in uh, in the cock Again, that sounds so wrong, but uh, I, I gave him a Chelsea Fancast t-shirt, or he bought one from me, more to the point. Nice to see Waylon in the house, Mark Barford, JP McCrate, Sajin is in there, Kurt Chelsea, John, who I've already just mentioned, Andrew Self. There's so many of you in there, it's always lovely to see you in there. And I think we really will need you this week, because I am really just at I, the end of the line with this season, I have to be honest with you. I'm... I'm Oh, blimey. Talk about limping towards the end of the season. I'm limping towards the Chelsea fancast season, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, to wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters' news, which is also an opportunity for me to... Uh, <coughs> you what? Who who just sneezed? Hugely. Um, was, that, was that you, Dan? Yeah, I the, the microphone well away from me, so apologies. It sounded like a fart, not a sneeze. <laughs> Anyway, whatever. Uh, to wrap up part four, we'll have the usual round of Chelsea Supporters News, which is basically an opportunity for me to plug stuff for me and my mates, but don't let that put you off. I'm afraid, Jonathan, clearly the um, fancast uh, vibes knew that you would be in Norway, and there are no emails to read this week. Well, can somebody just make one up quickly? Yeah, I'm sure somebody could make one up during the show. I, I will if nobody else will. Anyway, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting yeah. on the live chat page. Yeah. Live and it's live, uh, so you can also tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, but we tend to ignore that. Although actually, the boys don't. The boys tend to find out what's going on on Twitter. I just ignore it because uh, I'm too busy doing the show, basically. But there you go. Uh, just let us know what you think about anything, really. Um, anything, preferably that has got nothing to do with Chelsea being shit or football. All of these things would be great topics. Uh, but sadly, um, as is tradition, which uh, and tradition dictates, we need to talk about the last game, which is Sunderland versus Chelsea. And after this little sting, we will do just that. Doki. Uh, well, I'm afraid, really, uh, we'll talk more about the game, I think, in, in part two, uh, much as it depresses me to even think of it. Uh, I'm afraid we really have to start at the end. There we go. See what I've done there? Um, we really need to talk about John Terry and is this really the end? I mean, I have to say, first of all, uh, if, if it is the end for John Terry, what a terrible way to finish such a wonderful career, boys. I mean, Tony, as you're our guest guest, I'll ask you first. Terrible. Awful. And um, wasn't actually helped by snide Duncan Castles and his snidey what a fitting end comment, which seemed to have enraged an awful lot of people, including me. Um, uh, uh, the reaction, perfect from Chelsea fans, was John Terry with the laid out all the trophies he's won, presumably photoshopped to get. Oh, I'd like to take a bit of credit for that, actually. Tony. Well, so you should. Then. Well, because I was the first person to spot that snidey remark, and I retweeted it with the caption "bald-headed spunk trumpet." <laughs> yeah. Didn't see that one. And, and then, and of course, behind. and I've got a lot of Chelsea followers, and they all just stuck the boot. They stuck the nut on him, basically, yes. in a Twitter kind of way. 
because it was unwarranted. Yeah, totally. Because Snide. When you think of, of JT, his career has had no more um, downs than the likes of Ferdinand or whatever, or Gerard or any of them. You know, they've Gigs. all had their moments and, and whatever. But what he has as a difference is a stack of fucking trophies that you could pile almost as high as Stamford Bridge itself. So, you know, it was, it was a very um, demeaning and stupid text. I would imagine he will need to watch himself next time he's at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, but he never is. He's in Spain, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, so Castle's a... in Spain. Absentee journalist then, yeah? But, yeah. But some journalists like taking that angle, don't they? They just always quote the, uh, any misdemeanour he had in his youth. And you know the the urinating in the bar business, the parking in the disabled bay. They treat these as if they're the most heinous crimes, and that uh, JT is a is a is is clearly a, a, yeah. a you know a, a a member of the scum brigade. Whereas yeah. whereas if you analyse it, it's just it's just the press having a go, and it's stuck. Um, but I, I, the number of ignorant supporters who say to me, you know, well, you can keep your captain, can't you? What a dreadful human being. Yeah, how do they know? Oh, as if absolutely, for goodness yeah. sake, you know. Absolutely. They, they, they read because it's they, Chelsea. They, yeah. yeah. It is. I think, actually, Jonathan Antonio, you're spot on. It's because it's Chelsea. I'm going to I'm going to ask Dan a question, because Dan was there. So, actually, yeah. although we probably had a better view... Uh, I'd, it's quite, you know, when you're there, you get a different perspective. But I mean, I, I have to ask this. But do you think the red card was deserved or was it harsh? I mean, honestly, honestly, I think yeah, I think there were two silly tackles. I mean, the ref, the ref could have used common sense and thought this is the ninety-third minute, this is it, just forget it, don't send them off. I mean, ref probably didn't realise the connotations of a two-match ban. It was a bit pedantic, wasn't it? It was pedantic. I mean, listen, if it had gone the other way, we'd be, we'd be saying get him off, get him off. Um, Second tackle from my, my position, heading down the stairs, not to miss the train, looked look quite naughty. Mm. But, uh, listen, he's got booked twice, two C tackles in him, when we're three, you know, three, two down, the game's over. One you might. Wonder, you wonder why he did it though, Dan. Don't yeah, that's why I mean, you, you saw think, his did he face. Do it del- I wonder whether he did it deliberately. Abject yeah. frustration, Jonathan. Yeah, to, yeah fr- frustration with, with his teammates. Well, everything. I mean, Dan, I think, yeah. not, not our Dan, other Dan, and I'll, I'll refer to this in a minute. Actually, he has written a fantastic article on the whole situation today. But I mean, I, I, it might have been Dan. It might be somewhere else that I read it. But they were kind of alluding to the fact it did look a bit weird. He looked a bit weird when he went off. But I think I, I would translate that as just a whole season's worth of frustration about how shit the team have been playing, how inconsistent he's been, really. Yeah. And also the fact that there is no resolution. I mean, you know he probably still doesn't know whether he's staying I mean maybe he does I don't know but I just think you can write that off to absolute utter just you know kicking out in frustration literally it's been completely unfair to him hasn't it mm. not giving him a decision halfway through the season well, well effectively they've made a decision by telling him we're not telling you it's meaning he, he then well apparently he has made plans according to the internet he's uh, he signed a two year deal for Beijing really that's, that's the rumour that I've been seeing I've been seeing on Twitter yeah, yeah. yeah. also yeah, think so, so perhaps he's made other plans for that apparently the um, the uh, American leagues don't want him because he's he's asked for too much money he's not a designated player exactly what the exactly. fuck that is, I don't know. But there you go, Tony. I got to ask you this, and I think this will this relates to all four of us who will, will be there uh, next Sunday. But I, you know, I, in view of the likelihood that he will not play for Chelsea again, or that this would have been his last game coming up on Sunday, I, you know, I feel sick because we we're denied the chance to say goodbye to him next Sunday. It was and a, I, awful. 
on that point as well, it was a, I can't remember the guy's name, Oliver, somebody, I think, in the... In Ollie the, Todd wrote a cracking one too in the mail. Yes, he did yeah. in the mail today about the fact that we've got it horribly wrong. We got it horribly wrong with Lampard. We got it horribly yeah. wrong with Ashley Cole. Um, and um, we, uh, we've paid a cheque because we let him go for 10 million quid, as we all know, to the Loaves and Arsenal. Arsenal. And we look like we're going to do it again. And do you know what, what, what I would like to think that the board and the management at the club are really sweating over what to do on Sunday. Something tells me they don't give a toss and they'll, they'll, they'll just contemptuously say whatever. There was, um, I think, in that same article, um, the Chelsea FC quoted the Chelsea FC website saying something bland like, oh, John Terry got sent off for a you know, second yellow card or whatever, and that was it. No mention of the impact that that will have. Um, I had originally thought that next Sunday um, and again going back to another article that Dan Levine wrote earlier uh, a couple of days ago which was oh apologies um, God, that was you normally didn't it Cheech I've just rung you Tony actually no 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 it's, it's not me honestly <laughs> okay, no, while, while you're dealing with that I'm, I'm going to no, no, they've dealt with it you, you dealt yeah, with my, it my all I was going to say is, is that he's he basically said that Dan Levine said that perhaps we should the, the club if we've got any sense should consider forgetting about the lap of appreciation because it will be more embarrassing than Pellegrini doing his speech yesterday to well, 3,000 fans or whatever were left. Um, but you know, if they were going to do something for John Terry, which they could have announced, they could have said, you know, John Terry... Announce Terry! Yes, we're going to have a massive great big ding-dong after the game um, uh, uh, and, and you can all have a join in and John will come out and he'll say a speech and all this sort of stuff. Then I think that might have gone some way towards um, appeasing people. Well, it may be that, in fact, they, they're not getting rid of him, Tony. You never know. Perhaps they're not. Well, no, well why not gone. announce that? that? That's the thing I don't understand. Why not announce it? It's not going to do any harm, is it? It's, it's hardly... It's true, true, absolutely true, yeah. You know, so why not just come out to the fans and say, we understand your frustrations, he's got another year, um, we're going to try and push him into a different kind of, you know, to help out the coaching team. A, a massive boon to Conti, surely, especially if Conti can't bring the people he wants to bring, which is all over the news as well. Oh, well we're going to go into that yeah. later, yeah. You know, Cheech, um, and I, you know, I personally think it probably is time for John Terry to hang his boots up. That's just a personal view. Part of that sending off frustration, part of it frustration with himself. I think, like Lamps, the game's starting to pass him by. However, however, oh, and we know we're going to talk about Gus Hiddink later on. Why didn't he get him off on the 90th minute and just say, get your standing ovation from the fans? Yeah, save you for next week. They must yeah. have known. Because he's an absolute idiot who's just sleepwalking through to the end of the season. But we will pick that up later. I think Dan, uh, not your, not you, Dan Sills, uh, Dan Levine, in this, I, I commend this to anybody. Go and check it out. He's written it on Eurosport. Uh, but just follow his Twitter feed if you want to read it, at Dan Levine. Um, I, I think Dan squarely nails the, uh, you know, the hammer onto the head of the nail with this. Because basically... He's saying, as Tony's just done, really, you know, the club need to come out and, and say something. And they are terrible at doing just this. And he kind of alludes to the fact that they are cowards. And, and they're worried about what kind of reaction might happen going back to the Benitez issue, for example. But the other thing which I think is very interesting, which is something that I've felt for quite a long time, is that they don't like the cult of the personality. Uh, now, if you say something in an article like that, for me, what that means is that the board, and in particular Roman, do not like the cult of personality at that club, and he is the last of the big personalities that we've had. And I just wonder if there's a little bit of envy 
uh, going on here that the man who's you know let's face it we would be we wouldn't probably exist in well we, we certainly would have struggled to exist i think had roman not come in and bought us we'd be doing it charlton Chidge. yeah i mean you know you could also argue that we wouldn't have won half the trophies we had without roman but the fact of the matter is supporters don't praise deify owners they praise deify players because it's the players who deliver the results on the pitch and it's the players with whom supporters identify with and have a relationship with not owners so i wonder if there's some envy going on there and when dan alludes to things like the club not liking a personality cult i think that's what we're talking about i mean dan what would you do have i got that you know right yeah i mean excuse me i tweeted earlier on today even if it makes no sense club wants to start again we know with no reference to the last decade of success now whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing time will tell but he is a huge personality he is mr chelsea and you know he's synonymous with the club over the last you know certainly the last 12 years and 17 years as a kid and he's been there since how long is it 20 years nearly as a school as a school boy since 98 yeah and uh, but listen we sang for Bramovich for the first couple of years i mean every home game is roman Abramovich. so he's had his had his uh sung his name sung but given the way the club's been one of the last two or three years, people are getting you know, a little bit fed up with everything that's going on in terms of sacking managers, poor transfer policy, underqualified staff in senior positions, lack of any uh, empathy with the fans. But you know, it seems to be moving away from you know the first eight or nine years of his reign, where it was all you know up to twenty twelve, it was all you know the real Roman loving. Yeah, yeah. Good point. that's a good. The point. trouble is, I think he was still as, as mysterious then as he is now. This is the first time that it's gone wrong. So we're, we're uh, well. We're I don't worried. know. I think, I think you know there have been quite. A, I mean, you know, there have been innumerable high points and innumerable great decisions well, I mean, that, no, that he and the club have made. But I mean, firing Mourinho first time round, uh, hiring Grant, um, hiring Benitez. Benitez. You know, I mean, there have been plenty of bad decisions. And I think actually, again, going back to Dan's fantastic article, the way that. The, the probably the greatest collection of players we've ever seen in the club's history have been, you know, uh, airbrushed out of history, and that's exactly what it is. And I mean, there is a real sense of this about this club. I mean, if you remember the way that Wilkins was, you know, airbrushed out of history, the, particularly Robbie Di Matteo, you know, where he was physically removed from any photographs around the club, and and they've done it with the the five or six greatest players we've ever seen in this club, and. And I think the the real undercurrent of of the annoyance and the frustration with the supporters for me is the fact that we know this. We are not ignorant peasants. We are not stupid. We know. And I think Dan Levine is spot on. Bloody have the balls to come out and tell us what's going on. Because I, for one, am sick of this secrecy and this cowardice. Um, listen, very quick question on the back of all of this, because Tony was alluding to this a minute ago. Um, you know... <laughs> Has he? I mean, has he declined to the extent where he actually doesn't deserve another contract to play, Tony? In your opinion, um, not as a first choice. I think, you know, uh, I'm gonna, this is going to be controversial. Right? No, it's okay. not at all. It's an um, opinion, mate, and you're welcome to it. Um, you know, I, I thought certainly this year and certainly last year was Lucky's pomp. You know, that was a, 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 a kind of rejuvenation, a Lazarus-like recovery from. From pre- previous couple of seasons, especially the trouble one under the fat Spanish waiter. Um, but like Lamps, um, and I saw this towards the end of Lamps' career with us, the game was just moving a bit beyond them. They couldn't do what they were their, at their best. And I'll, I'll say this it was the same for Steven Gerrard, okay, at Liverpool. 
he he's he's deified in the same way as John Terry. Irrespective of the levels of success he bought them at Liverpool, he is Mr. Liverpool, he's their captain. And last season, he was shocking. Now, part of that might have been the announcement of a retirement, but there were so many other players you could quote that are like this. Um, Alan Shearer, okay, um, iconic for their clubs, absolutely iconic and, and adored. And, and I, I understand people's point of view that they want to look and deify it and they want things to go on forever. Um, you know, I've been I've been supporting this club for 40, 40 ah, so many years or whatever, right? <laughs> okay, and players have to go eventually. I think the one thing that you would always say about old Purple Nose up at United when he was there was he kind of knew the day they would there to go. Roy Keane, another example, that was a falling out, but he was beyond his peak. He'd peaked and was on the way down. And I think I don't want to see John Terry being you know, absolutely skinned by Mane or Wanyama or any of these sort of up and at and whippersnapper players that are there. Um, and and that's what's going to happen, sadly. Now, should he stay? I'd like to think he could stay for that experience or whatever. There, there was someone else has alluded to this, that maybe John Terry is the influence they want to get rid of. In other words, it's that kind of cult of personality and the players. I don't think he commands the respect from a lot of the new players that he used to with the older group, if you see what I mean. And it's controversial. I'd rather hoped he would announce a retirement so that we could all just applaud him out and say, well done, your decision. You know, well, but, um, Tony, I don't think he's going to do that because he, he likes a bit of dosh, does John? And, yes. Uh, if, yeah, if yeah, yeah. Go to some, to some um, newly fangled league, as has been rumoured in China. Yeah. Uh, um, somebody actually on Twitter was suggesting that he, which I didn't quite get, um, that if Newcastle went down, he should go there because he might also, because the fat Spanish waiter might give him a. They hated each other. And I yeah, thought they completely yeah. loathed each other. Yeah, that was a mental. Way. That was a but mental this, comment, wasn't it? It was, yeah. but there is, but so, there is a, a theory, in fact, that yeah. Benitez is, um, was on, was on a, only on a. If they went down, he's on a short-term contract. Yeah, he'll be off anyway, and he'll be off. In which case, it he'll be off to feed upon somebody else. You will. The championship is, in fact, a decent place for mm. John to go. But I, I'm, I, he's not going to be giving up. And Look, I, just, just on the point, I think I don't think he's been helped at all this season by everybody else around him, other than perhaps Dave, um, performing so below par. It's not true. I think he could have been he could have been uh, uh, more influential if um, Ivanovic had been better. If uh, um, and, and in a sense, he was there to to help Zuma through, and that wasn't a bad period. But I just felt that it was never it was never the same pairing of, of, mm. of players that there had been when we won it last year. Listen, I, I, because we've, we're in a very lucky situation tonight because we've cut, you know the third part is is a movable feast. So I really want to carry this uh, chat on because there's there's a lot more to say on it. I think so. If you bear with me for a couple of seconds, guys, we're going to have a quick break, and then afterwards we're going to carry on the. The chat about JT. We've got lots of other stuff to talk about, um, like Gus ignoring the youth again, and has he been a success or a shambolic failure? Uh, Conte and the job that he's got on his hands. Will he be allowed to manage the club, or will the board interfere again? And we're going to talk about Ranieri and, and, and kind of assess if we uh, owe him a debt of gratitude or not. So we'll see you all in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. 
Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you're listening to Chelsea Fancast and I'm joined by the ever so lovely Dan Silver. Hello mate. Uh, the biggest English star in Norway, Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the Reverend Tony Glover, who has now been refound and not in France. <laughs> Bonsoir. Bonsoir. What is that thing that Antoine de Corn used to say on 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 uh, Rapido? Remember that? Oh, right. yeah, right. Yeah. Et maintenant. Actually, yeah, that's very good. Et maintenant. We're yeah. going to actually carry on talking about JT. Jonathan, would you like to finish what you were you were saying, or, or were you there already? Uh, I think I was there already. I was All right. saying that I felt that, um, that it's been difficult to assess JT because he's been out injured, um, but also because everybody around him has been so awful, um, other than Kurt Zuma, who we all know isn't the finished article. So, I, I think it's a really. I think you make some valid points there, and and, and I, I think Tony does too. And there's a side of me that says, you know, I I would hate to to see JT decline in the manner which uh, Gerard certainly did. Um, but I tell you what I find fascinating, and actually, you know, fair play to Chelsea supporters because you're not alone in those views, um, and that just shows how honest honest we are, I think. Uh, but actually, what's fascinated me most is that. Um, most football pundits, and I mean most football pundits, have done two very interesting things over the last week or two. Uh, one, compared to the journalists, they all praised uh, the career of John Terry and said what a, he's been the best English defender of his generation. So they were fulsome in their praise with him. But secondly, I don't know one one of the, one of the football pundits who who's said that they don't think that Chelsea should should sign him for another year, and. Okay, I think we would be honest enough to say, yes, probably not for any any game. But I think all, what they were all alluding to again is something that we all know. We are talking about a club that is devoid of leadership on the pitch in any way, shape, or form. And I think the other thing that they thought was interesting was that other clubs, you know, will take a player of John Terry's stature and keep him at the club in some capacity because of the value that he brings in terms of understanding the culture, in terms of the relationship with the sport and so on. I mean, Dan, Dan what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, listen, he is, he's such a great conduit for the next generation. You bring him in as a number two. I mean, I was at the um, Napoli game when he got substituted. He and Di Matteo on the sideline of gesticulating. There were eight players on. He, he is such a powerful personality. He's such a positive influence. And even, even, even as a bit part player next season, You'd have him in your squad without a doubt. I mean, he's sort of, look, look at the influence he had in the Tottenham game. Okay, he wasn't brilliant performance-wise, but influence-wise, we'd have got hammered without him. Absolutely convinced. Two down, we could have gone to lose four 0 It's his his influence, his talking, his you know telling defenders where to go. He was, he was a where huge presence, Dan, wasn't he? Yeah, a huge presence on the pitch. He that, was enormous. The, but that that conversely is probably working against him because he's too big a presence. Well, and I think at the end of the day, just to kind of go back to where we were about 10 minutes yeah. ago, and I think it answers quite a few of the questions that were coming out from some of the lads and lasses in uh, in Mixler, but, you know, I, I don't think JT is not getting a new contract for football reasons. Definitely not. It's... What? What on earth was that, Dan? Uh, there's someone getting off my road like a lunatic. Is it a Spurs fan? I can't see it. I'm lying on the bed. <laughs> They haven't got anything to celebrate. Well, they've still got all the flags around, my, around where I live at half mast. What, cham- champions, champions of England 2016? Champions of nothing, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, but I think the point I was about to make was, you know, I, there is no way that he's not getting a new contract for footballing reasons because, I mean, somebody, Debs, actually mentioned on, on Mixler that 
Collymore and Savage certainly didn't uh, say that he deserves a contract, but they don't like him, so they've just got a biased opinion. And I would also question whether they're actually football punt pundits. The point is, is that the club are getting rid of him for non-footballing reasons. They do not want him at the club anymore. So even if they weren't to give him a, another year's playing contract, they don't want him anywhere near the club. They're trying to erase from Chelsea's history. Uh, anybody who we loved and has any success or, or has been responsible for the huge amount of success that we've had, I think. Although there is a counter-argument to that, which I think is also quite valid, which is that they've been trying to rebuild the club again every year for the last five years. But of course, we've always kind of stuck to what worked for us, which was that great spine of a team. So maybe we have a chance to rebuild from scratch. Maybe that's what's going well, on too. Just to kind of level a bit well, of you would, you would fairness in there. That would be the case, wouldn't you, Chidge? Sorry, Jonathan? You would hope that's going to be the case. Yeah. You would hope that that's what the board are planning. Um, but as you were saying, the, the, uh, the inability at the moment to get anybody to take being transferred to Chelsea seriously makes me think we're going we're gonna to be sticking with a very similar bunch of players. Yeah. And Conte is going to have to... Uh, transmute what we had bef- what he had before which, but if if, which, if the club yeah, came out what he's pretty good at though if the club came out and said that jonathan i mean you know and, and for all of you dan jonathan and tony if the club came out and said look guys you know we we love john terry we think he's been the greatest ever player for this club he will we will forever be in his debt and gratitude for giving us the 20 odd years that he of service that he did but we we want to make a break and we want to start afresh he will be That's- welcome to come back in two, three, five, ten years' time, whenever that may be, he'll always be welcome back here. But right now, we need to sever that link with the past and move forward. Do you, think, do you think that we would, 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 you know, we would take that, Tony? Yes, I, think, I, I do think so. I think, actually, you know, if you're, if you're in an airport and your flight's delayed, what pisses you off more than anyone else is when you're not being told anything. Yeah. You'd rather they came out and said, you know what, there's half an engine hanging off of this thing and, and we're not going to let you fly until the bloody thing's fixed, right? Um, and in the same way, the, the, it, our you know our kind of way of PR or comms or keeping fans, they like to think they're all trendy with their Twitter feed and their whatever. But it's been appalling for years. I go, I go back to the Bates days. It was as bad then. Yeah. I, 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 you could you could argue Bates probably if you'd have cornered him in a lift would have said I hate him and that's why he's out and would have told you blunt to your face. With this lot, it is it is all smoke and mirrors. Mushroom uh, shed. Actually, just, you know, but I think there's a good point that you made there. Is that, it, you know, Conti himself might have said, "I want a clean break. I want an absolutely. I want to come in. I, I want to be completely objective." And you know, I'm old enough to remember when Matt Busby left Manchester United, but he didn't. He went upstairs, mm. and he was a ghost. A bit like when Ferguson did the same thing. Yes, absolutely. So you've got that presence hanging around, hanging around. That would always be there. Now, however, that influence works. It could work. It could work for the good, or it could work for the bad. It's still there. And actually, it might be better to say, you know, get rid of it, get rid of that influence, and start again. I'd like to think he'd go off, play in China, reap a fortune, do his badges, come back in a few years' time, and become the right-hand man of whichever interim manager we've got at that <laughs> point. Yeah. Okay. Look, very, very quickly, because what I want to do in a sec is just to, to to read out his record and applaud him for being. I think the greatest player for Chelsea, although we can discuss that. But there's been some talk uh, in Twitter. Well, I mean, I say talk, one or two plums putting a Photoshop picture on it, really. But, you know, this walkout on 26 minutes. Um, yeah, I, the, the sharp intake of breath from all three of you was palpable. It was fan- I, I hope I hope that comes across the airwaves. Um, so I, I, would, I would suspect all three of you, and me included, 
uh, wouldn't. I no way. I'm not doing that. It's so Liverpool and Arsenal for a start, Dan, isn't it? It's utter, utter bollocks. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, don't hold yeah, back, mate. <laughs> I've just never. Well, for, for firstly, it's absolute pointless because you pay for ticket already. Yeah. Secondly, both the games are utterly meaningless. It, it's a it's an absolute pointless futile exercise. It's just the talk of PR. I reckon basically our our friends who've done this are just trying a bit of a PR stunt. Uh, it's just I, 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 twenty six minutes applause. You know, sign them up, sign them up, something like that. But in, in fairness, listen, the club don't give a shit about the fans. So whatever we do, whatever we say, our, our opinion is, is is worth next to zero. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tell you, I'd be happy to do a comedy exit. <laughs> <laughs> people wouldn't notice if you did that Jonathan to be fair no, I they? would I, I know. Would. I tell everybody with whom I sit I'm making my, my comedy exit now I, I, I really think actually the most the best way to, to send JT off in style even if he isn't there I mean I, one of the one of the best moments for the season for me uh, and I don't get away much for obvious reasons but uh, I think that beat fucking Tottenham you better beat fucking Tottenham yeah. was a classic example of how good Chelsea supporters can be in getting their message across loud and clear I think we need to do something of that ilk on, on Wednesday and, and Sunday but by basically chanting John Terry's name for the entirety of the match and make make that club realise how much this guy means to us that is is much and it gets behind the team as well so that's a much better protest surely tony absolutely i i, I personally I, I find it hard to sing we want you to stay because actually I, as i've said from my own we want you to stay reason, kind of maybe on the backroom store so it doesn't really it, it, doesn't really scan does it tony no it doesn't really <laughs> but i can't i've got no i've got no cocky clever answer to that you swine but i would say that um you know any any other form of it i mean uh, you know player of the year for sure. Yeah. The, really the other puts the club right, you know, in in, in the spot in the right Gary Glisser, no kind of weirdness <laughs> meant by that. That was rhyming slang. I mean, I just yes. want to mention. I ought to mention this as well because uh, Isaiah Allen May score uh, is referring on Mixler to uh, Sunday Supplement, where Martin Samuels, he's right, he summed up brilliantly, and he said, "Let JT do the end of season lap of honour on his yeah. own." And the, the, my other question to this was. You know, there will be a lap of honour. And frankly, uh, I would say almost the entirety of the squad deserve us to piss off down the pub immediately the final whistle goes. Yeah. But if this is the chance for us to say goodbye to JT, surely I hope that means that people will stay and give that man the applause that he deserves, guys. Uh, Dan, are you, you, you going to stick around? Oh, well, listen, yeah. I mean, I'll stick around if, we, if I know JT's going to come out. Because no, in the club, they won't announce anything. We won't know if he's coming no. out or not. I'll be halfway to Tommy Tucker, and you know I don't want to miss it. The club, the club need to act. They need to say something about Sunday. Yeah. You know, Jay, like like Paulo Ferreira when he left, he got a few words yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he deserves it, irrespective of whether they like the cult of personality, whatever they think of him. That man has given blood, sweat, tears, played through injuries. Put his, put his body on the line for the club and us, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that we'll all be staying around to, to give him you know, the send-off that he deserves and that in itself will send a message to the club who I will put money on won't say a thing. And by the way, I'm available for hire as the club's uh, head of communications, much as I love and respect and admire Steve Atkins, who I think under very trying circumstances does a very good job. But I think my PR would be better and actually tell us what's going on. Anyway, um, I think we need to wrap up the John Terry thing, otherwise we, we could end up with all four parts being John Terry related, which I wouldn't have a problem with per se. But I just want to read out, just, just, just in case there might be people that have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who aren't aware of this, but 
John Terry has played 482 Premier League games, scoring 40 goals with a win ratio of 63% and won four Premier League titles. 55 FA Cup games, 11 goals, win 73%, five winners' medals. League Cup, 35 games, two goals. Uh, he's won 66% of them. And he, who's dying in the corner? Is that you, Jonathan? Yeah, just having a bit quick cough. Yeah, okay. Uh, where was I? League Cup, three three League Cup winners' medals. Champions League, 111 games, 10 goals, win 50% and one winners' medal. Europa League, 11 games, three goals, win 45%, one winners' medal. Two Community Shield winners' medals, one PFA Player of the Year. He's got the most clean sheets in the Premier League by a defender, ever. He's the highest scoring defender in the Premier League, ever. He's the winner of the most Best Defender Awards in Europe, he is the defender to win the best player of the season the most, and he is the player to wear the captain's armband the most. I mean, what, what, what? And and we love him, and he's captain, leader, and legend. And I think I think I feel compelled to say, John Terry, you are and will always be captain, leader, legend at Chelsea, and we all appreciate everything that you've done. And I think we should give him a round of applause because. We won't find better, and this is my point, gents, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. In my opinion, uh, he he is Chelsea's greatest ever player. He might not be the best player we've ever had. He might not uh, be the most loved in some respects, I would I would argue. I mean, Zola, the affection we have for him and for Frank. Frank scored the most goals. I mean, there's all these things. But I think he's the greatest player we've had because he's unlike Zola, Frank, Czech, Ashley Cole, Drogba. He has been there since he was a kid. He's played his entire career at Chelsea, you know, and, and he's put his body on the line. He's captained the side. I mean, you could argue that without JT captaining the side, would those other players have been as great? I mean, I think it's all those kind of arguments. But I, I think he's the greatest Chelsea player ever. Tony, do you want to answer that first? Uh, yes, um... No, fuck off, you sentimental old fool, Chidge. It's probably what <laughs> no, you're going to say, isn't not, it? Not really. It, 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 I think the criteria is a bit... been said before, Tony. <laughs> I, I love all of them players you just mentioned, and I'm going to throw Peter Rosgood in there, yeah. and Chopper Harris, and all yeah. the ones, Peter Bonetti, from my But youth, greatest right? in terms of longevity, success. It's yes. unparalleled, mate. Yeah, it is, and, and pretty much unparalleled in any club, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so well, maybe gigs. Out. Sorry. Maybe gigs. Maybe maybe gigs. Yeah. I, I, and I, but I think you, you you're you're picking up. I mean, they are very much in the minority, aren't they? These one club men who yeah who 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 picked up stacks and stacks of awards and, and you know like any kind of genius or, or people of that level who reach that level um, are flawed personalities. You know, Giggsy, we all know, is no angel. John Terry, no Ryan angel. Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs, running down. We better not sing that for <laughs> yeah, legal reasons. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, I think so, and I think you know when you when you when you talk about the next player to get a statue at Stamford Bridge, I, I've always argued it could be Drogba or Lamps or whatever. I think you've got to say John Terry should be up there with Peter Osgood in terms of mm. uh, in terms of, of of that, and and, and actually, what a poke in the eye for the the rest of um, football who denigrate him based on what the fucking Daily Mail wants to print or whatever one day, uh, or these you know, silly-ass journalists who get paid to be fat and watch football. Um, I actually think what a great one that would be, because the fans would always, always, always revere him. In mm. that, you know, and, and I, you know, irrespective of my point of view, that a, a career comes to a natural end, 
the way we've handled it has been shocking and you know I'd, I'd be putting him up there for the statue and, and actually it's a lovely statue that I could design where he's surrounded by every frigging trophy he's like the, like the picture that was doing the rounds on yeah. Twitter that would yeah. be very apt wouldn't it Jonathan I mean bearing in mind the context and, and uh, around which I've claimed him to be the greatest ever, ever well, Chelsea pit player I mean what, what, what are your thoughts on that I think everybody you mentioned uh, who one could argue was a was, was deserving of the best player. We're all goals. I didn't say best. That was I was very pointed in that greatest, okay, well, but not best. Greatest, right. well, well yeah, whatever the adjective is, you, they, were, they were all goal scorers. Mm. And it's very easy to say because somebody hits the ball into the net that yeah. you love them and they're skillful. Whereas somebody like a centre half who holds the whole of the team together, um, it's uh, it, it, it's not they're not as attractive. It's not an attractive position but, in the same way. But it's, for, Bob, it's Bobby Moore esque, isn't it? It's what? It's what? Sorry. But it's Bobby Moore esque, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. West I think you have to, yes. but it's almost as if you have to appreciate, you have to understand football to appreciate the uh, the significance of having somebody as powerful as that, and also who, who can have such an influence on the other players around him, um, which which is something that we just have uh, failed miserably to have this year. And I worry about what will happen next year. We're putting an enormous amount of faith in what's going to happen next year. Um, uh, and it's the board are just as likely not to deliver um, as they didn't do last season. So uh, um, we hope that if they do get rid of John, uh, that um, they're going to really implement something to do with, with the youthful side of things or even make several big purchases. But I'm... Yeah. The more things are going on at the moment. Uh, and so is he is he the greatest in your opinion, Jonathan, or not? Oh, yeah, I've gone away from that. Um, uh yeah, I would say in the in the huge number of years that I've been watching Chelsea, um, he he has to be the greatest player yeah. for for his uh, um, his growth as a player, his brilliance, um, his exceptional leadership qualities. <clears throat> I'm afraid you you can't compare him and Chopper for me. I mean, Chopper was uh, was n- nowhere as near um, uh, as as good a defender uh, because he, because he, he he tended to. He, he tended to live up to his name an enormous amount, but also a very different era. I, mean, I think I think Ch- I think Chopper is the greatest hacker we've yeah. ever had. Yeah, but he, he had leadership qualities as well. No, he did. He'd he say did. things like, "I'm going to get him," and he'd get him. Yeah, know, and that would be the end of that player probably for the rest of the rest of the match. All right, but okay. So- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Dan the same question. Dan, is is he the greatest ever Chelsea player? Uh, yes, without doubt. I mean, he's, he's a once in a lifetime. I mean, if, if any of us see that with John Terry in a lifetime, we'd be very lucky. I mean, for all the boys, we well, to all his qualities of character, he shows, played through injuries, leadership. He, he is, he's been a complete player. You know, skill, he can use his feet once in a lifetime. Probably arguably the best defender in the last 50 years since Bobby Moore, possibly. I think that's a good shout, actually. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, we we really need to move on from JT, as I as I fear that we may have to in a week or so, and it really cuts me up uh, even to think about that. But there you go. Okay. Um. Amazingly, we played a game of football on Saturday. Who knew? Um. I just we got about five minutes, chats, before we go into part three, and part two is going to rapidly become part three. But I just want to have a quick chat about the game for five minutes, and and I think the most stunning thing. For most people, even before kickoff, was you know, I mean, Jonathan was saying this brilliantly actually before we went on air, and and Mark Worrell made the same point, is that he pretty much started with the same eleven that we started with against Swansea back in August, and and Mark was saying it was like a a recurring nightmare, or he disappeared for like nine months, and 
woken up. Badly, and the and they were, weren't they? Just duplicated the whole of the season. But I, I think that the, the salient point is, of course, that he, he, he you know, I, we can, I can understand why he picked a more experienced team to play Spurs on Monday. But, you know, why did he pick that side? Why wasn't there any, you know, youth playing? Why, why has he wasted another opportunity to give some of these players a chance? What is going on? Why not? And what is the flaming point, Tony? I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, it, do you know what? I I would say that if if you if you gave him a drop of pentothal, or whatever, okay. I'd give him more he, than that, mate. Yeah, he would say, I was only following orders. Yeah. And that's how how sad, Dutch? Sad indictment. How utterly there. Dutch? If we'd have put six or seven. Of the uh, or, uh, four or five, just four or five of those youngsters, um, you know, Jake Clark, Salter, uh, um, uh, Traore, and 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 the others have, have featured at some point or whatever. And we got beat three or four nil. We'd all be going, oh, apart from those who've gone up there, who probably have to drink more two pound pints of beer to to to, 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 to say there, you know, to smooth their thoroughbreds. But the rest of us would be going. Well, at least he gave them a go. But he there was that. It was a complete dead rubber. Now I know the accusation could come from Newcastle, who gives a shit, or Norwich, again, who gives a shit that we were lying down and letting Sunderland gain an advantage. But that's utter rubbish. We, we had a great chance. He's... I, I can only think he was only... He, he's only been following orders and he's probably had to fight a battle with the dark side of, of the club that say um, you know, you must win every game, you must play the experienced players because th- there is no logic absolutely damn old logic in putting out that experience side only to have them basically be humiliated and and look Chidge how many of them were looking up looking forward to the Euros and were already they might as well have been playing in flip flops well do you, do you know what, what what really you know got me more pissed off than, than the fact that he didn't start and give an opportunity to the youth which is just such a conflicting message that's been spun out for the last six months uh, I mean, you know, okay, I'll admit it. I, I only got to watch it, you know, on on the Sky rerun, and I wasn't up there like Dan was. But my, if if I could summarise the match, it would be too much fanning about, midfield and defence hopelessly ponderous, no tempo or pace, and even less fucks given, Dan. Yeah, spot on. I mean, <laughs> Let's all go home then. <laughs> yeah, so was, I mean, it was so sensitive for our season, you know, left, right, left, right, Mikel, back to John Terry, back to Kerry Hill, back to Mikel, back to Terry. Oh, there's a pass, they won't do it. Costa makes a run, no one hits him. We're so pedestrians, so yeah. predictable, so easy to play against. I mean, suddenly we're shit. They got back into the game when Ivanovic went down injured and we had, they had a spare man and they scored. And then Baba Rahman have, has no idea why he defended your arms trying to pull the player back, and they got a third goal. So they had a five-minute period where we were kind of reorganised and scored two goals. We should kill that game off. Costa missed the at 2-1. A couple of good chances. They were shit, and they scored three goals against us, mm. which really sums up how poor we Well, were. I mean, I, I don't... I mean, Did they score at the end that you were all at? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. Well, you would have had a great view of, of, of Matic, Fabregas and Mikel completely ignoring Barini then. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, in fairness, it took a slight effect of John Terry, which but still, it was a saveable... I mean, play to the Matic wandered out, didn't he? Yeah. Matic wandered out to block. He didn't make any... Yeah. Well, no, no, worse than that, Jonathan. He wandered in and then st- stood and watched Barini and then casually, you know... I mean, he could have intercepted that pass, I reckon, but he just casually couldn't be asked. 
zero fucks given judging by a celebration. I mean, well, what, yeah, what do you think? What do you think that was all about, mate? Yeah, that was very. Jonathan, very what, what do you what do you what do you think it was, Jonathan? Well, I, I, it, it, he might be on his way out. Perhaps. You think that's what it is? Well, it's a very strange thing to do, isn't it? Too. Yeah. I was thinking, did he play for Sunderland at some stage? No. If I got this, of course he didn't. But I was no. well, apart from on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. But uh, no, that was very peculiar, wasn't it? Perhaps just there's a, there's a, perhaps it's already been agreed. The deal's been agreed, and he's out. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I'll bring this part to a close. It's almost, I feel a bit like Jerry Springer here. But, uh, it, it, you know, it's all its all very well us talking about pretty much everything we've talked about all night so far. All absolutely, as it blooming well should be, 100% opinion and all of it passionate and from the heart. But the absolute reality is, and, and you know, it reminds me of conversations I've had with journalists about Chelsea. And one of the things that frustrates them and one of the things that leads to so much rumour and gossip and hypothesising is that they never, ever get access to what's really going on or what, for example, Roman really thinks. And we're stuffed like kippers like they are, really. And none of us really know what's going on, do we? And we can sit there saying, you know, Matic is an arsehole because he didn't celebrate. But we, we don't know. Maybe he's effectively been fired, which is what being sold to another club quite often is. I so, think that occasionally it's like reading tea leaves. Yeah. We approach this, I think. Is it, it is. what shape has that got? Oh, it's all a bit... Because all a bit bonkers mate isn't it anyway uh, we'll carry on being bonkers after the break uh, because rather than let you lot question us if I promise you if, if we've got a few minutes at the end of this part I'll see if we can uh, slip a few questions in but other than that with, this is when we'll start talking about uh, I've, I've entitled this Goose Riddance which I think is quite <laughs> funny uh, Conte and Ranieri we're going to be talking all about that in part 3 in a minute we'll see you then Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, welcome back. It is the Chelsea Football Fancast and I am Stanford Chidge and I have with me the lovely Reverend Tony Glover. Hello. Uh, who has not been defrocked. Uh, he's still the Reverend. Uh, he's still the <laughs> Reverend Tony Glover. Uh, I have the... Um, the Viking, uh, the 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 Chelsea fancast version of Steve Van Sant in uh, Lilyhammer, Mister Jonathan Kidd. It's it's the Erlen Johnson actually. Oh, the Erlen Johnson of the Chelsea fancast. <laughs> uh, or was that, wasn't Tory Andre Flo Norwegian? No, uh, was he? Was he Norwegian? Yeah, Torre, Torre, Andre Flo. He was and Norwegian. Forgetting Frodo Grodas. Frodo Grodas. There you go. You come after a long line of Norway people. Vikings. Anyway, we've got Jonathan in the house. I mean, it wouldn't be the fan cast if we didn't. And uh, last but by no means least, we've got my mate Dan. Dan, Dan, Dan! Dan! Dan, Dan. there we go. Dan, our oh, kind of uh, merciless uh, Alan Partridge gag reference as always. Now, uh, because we kind of slipped into part three with a lot of the stuff we wanted to talk about in part two, because we quite rightly I think we're too busy talking about John Terry um, I think it's about time we had a chat we need to talk about Goose Hiddink I think chaps don't you we do we do um, I, I came well I mean I've been right pissed off with his team selections his tactics and the fact that he's still not playing the bloody youth I've been very pissed off with the fact that every time he's been interviewed in the last I mean you know he's telling anybody who likes to to know including people who have yet to hear him in the Amazon rainforest that he's uh, apparently, um, thanks to him, Chelsea avoided relegation. Who knew? Um, but the staggering thing is, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty obvious because we've all been watching it since he turned up. But um, here's some stats for you, people. His record uh, in, you know, since he took over is no better than jo- Jose's before he took over. 40% win rate, uh, 1.56 uh, points per game. Apparently, that makes him the worst manager we've had for 27 years. Um, he's got the worst loss record, or Chelsea have got the worst, their worst loss record in the Premier League ever, and are second worst in 80 years. So at the moment it's 12 wins, 12 draws, 12 losses. Um, I mean, you know, apart from the obvious, which is he said he was going to play the youth and he hasn't, my, my feeling is is that he got to 40 points, decided, everybody who would like to know, I have avoided relegation. It's okay. Everybody be cool. I've avoided relegation. Um, but basically, that's basically meant no motivation to the players, no ambition. Uh, and it's a load of lame duck bollocks, in my opinion, Tony. Uh, you've, yes, also, I am agreeing with you. <laughs> Have you avoided relegation, Tony? <laughs> also, of course. Um, I've worked out that you can do a reasonable Dutch accent by shoving the word also in also. Yes, every few uh, words of it. You put SH in it as well, yes. Yes, yes. I think if you just, just, just sound like gold member and you can't go far wrong. <laughs> Smoking a pancake. Yeah, um, listen. Beer in a bong. Gus Hiddink is a nice... Lovely bloke. bloke. But his career went down the pan after he left Chelsea the first time. He was sacked from every role that he had after that because he did not deliver the results... Um, and I was the last one, Holland, I think. It was just an utter disaster. And Ranieri I, had the same problem, though. He was well, I, I, I would, whilst I would agree with that, I just think 
Um, you know, he's he has come in. And there was there was obviously some, you know, it, we needed a steady hand on the tiller. However, I'm still with the point that, that you know since December I've seen one home win. We're in fucking May, five months, one home win. That was Newcastle, wasn't it? I think I seem to recall. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we were all like... It was shitter than shit McShit. Christ, exactly, yes, exactly. Shitty McShit face came and played us and we <laughs> beat them. It's just incredible. And, and as much as I like the bloke, I, I understand why he's brought in. Saved from relegation? Not buying that. Okay, I think the board had a... The, the club had a choice, back Jose or sack him. They sacked him because they were, for whatever reason, it, 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 it doesn't fall in with the cult of the personality thing. And with the players winning that again, because actually, if they down tools again next year, Conte will be the one that goes. And we're in a vicious cycle of just, you know, players don't like manager, manager goes. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. I've said it before, Abramovich needs to walk into that dressing room and say, this geezer's the boss. Not one of you comes near me. You do what he says or you out. And I think with Gus Hiddink, you just had this nice guy. You know, his press conferences have made Manuel Pellegrini look like... Jimmy Carr, okay. I am telling you now, you know, if you have got insomnia, get yourself the transcripts of Pellegrini and Hiddink's press conferences. <laughs> you will sleep like a baby that's just had the loveliest bottle of milk ever. There's only there's he's only a, one. He's a bit dull, isn't he? Right. You know, there's only one kind of unfortunate thing about Gus not getting us relegated, which would have been quite funny to see all of the headlines in the papers ah. saying Goose down. Yes, goose down, of course. Yes, I just, you know, I, I, I like the bloke. Don't encourage him, Tony. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I like you, but no, no, I like, I like Gus Hiddink. You like him more than my jokes, Tony? No, I don't, mate. Can I, can I, can I be a bit contentious here? Yeah, go for it, mate. Can I come in and say, um, I, I think he's too pleasant a man to put put a rocket up the team, and uh, I, I think he just hoped that by being saying that they would come round to his way of thinking and to some extent they did they started playing a bit better we we did get points that meant we weren't going to go down and for the period he did, he was undefeated and we kept drawing but um i think he was actually he got stuck because his attempts at putting the youth in didn't work terribly well because the play, the youth that he brought in seemed out of their depth or as we've established with 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 with, with Rufus with Loftus Cheek, he he disappear after sixty minutes, and um, and I think why he's he's ended up going back, particularly for the team against Sunderland to the old the old guard was because they performed well against Spurs and he thought oh perhaps they'll perform well again and you wonder to what extent as you say he's being tweaked from above the club said if we get another six points from the last two games we might go up one place if we go up one place we get more money. And it may have been it may have been as simple as that, but I, I think I, I think he's too old now, Hiddink, because we have to remember that Hiddink Mark One was a fantastic tactician, and, and he had a much better team, and a much better team. But the, the I remember him saying that he'd had a very long think about what to do to play against Barcelona away, um, to how tactically to get it right. And if you remember, he put Michael Essien at right back, and and it was a masterstroke, um, and he was only. Uh, um, we only avoided beating them through the ineptitude of the uh, of the referee, as as we will remember too well. So I, I think I think he's he's done a job, but for us expecting him to push on any more, um, I think our expectations have been too big in this instance. 
Um, here's a question for you, Dan. And yes, Dan, I would love you to also comment on on all of that as well. But yeah. just before we get into that, what will you do? Uh, are you going out to Anfield on Wednesday? No, no, no. no. You you longed it off quite right. Yeah. Anyway, what will you do when you're watching it on the TV, like I will be, when he picks Mikel to partner Gary Cahill uh, in defence because Branner and JT are unavailable, and he won't put Clark Salter in. Um. Well, I'd say hold my head in despair, but it's, yeah. expect, I'm expecting it. I'm expecting yeah. very... My only caveat to that is, because Liverpool are the most important cup competition in the world week after next, they might play a whole raft of kids as well. In the universe, the universe. Oh, of course, sorry, universe, apologies, yeah, because you know, yeah. it's such an important cup now. Or as Ken Wollstonehome famously said when Bobby Charlton uh, thundered in uh, a shot against Liverpool at Anfield, that's a goal worthy of winning the FA Cup, the World Cup and the Grand National. Yeah. yeah. So you're absolutely right, Dan. It's been completely out of proportion. When we won the Europa, the Europa League, it was all sort of just shoulders were shrugged. You oh, would think yeah. you were watching the most important club competition that has ever been with yeah. Liverpool, uh, according to the press. Sycophantic media wank fest. I hate it. But anyway, well, um, <laughs> I just I'll say well, I really I need, I need don't hold back, Dan. Yeah, I need to get oh, into a meeting at work tomorrow. That phrase. <laughs> it's not copyrighted. Feel free. Um, I'm just. I'm hoping that he might maybe he's put a call into the nation's favourite Jurgen. Are you going to play the kids, Jurgen? Yes, I'll play the kids. I play the kids as well. Then, so I'm hoping because we might see a few kids, but no, it'll be standards. You know, Mikel, Babaram, and no, you know. Uh, despair. This is this, this season's. You know, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll sit back and laugh. What's your What's your What's your prognosis on 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 Goose then, mate? Uh, he put a loving arm around these poor hundred grand a week players who had such a tough time under Josie and made them feel so much better. <laughs> um, look, he's coming. He he settled a toxic ship. Uh, he did a job. That's the best you can say. I mean, massively disappointing. I mean, all these draws at home. Had we actually had a bit of initiative, shown a bit of fight, we could have easily been fighting for the top four because the top four have shit themselves all season there's no reason why we couldn't have you know snuck in behind Man City or somebody or Arsenal because no exactly. one but listen Leicester are the only team that have actually done well they're 10 points clear they've done they're the only ones top. who haven't you know spunked it up have they over the whole yeah. season yeah. you know Spurs have choked uh, Arsenal choke you know after Christmas Arsenal's everybody's had really bad runs of form and bad defeats apart from Leicester they're the only I mean they've lost three games all season you know which is as we all know from watching Chelsea win the title quite a few times that's about how many you can lose and win the title but everybody else has been pretty average and you know what we're going to talk about this uh, in the in the kind of review of the season podcast by the way a little bit of a teaser for you very talk sports style this we've got one more show next week after the Leicester game then we're going to have a break for a week and then we're going to come back uh, um, after that the week after that for a big end of season review but I think when we consider you know the ebbs and flows of this season I think I remember being really, really upset and dischuffed after losing to Swansea because at that stage we could have quite easily got into the top four. Top four may have been a little bit out of our reach, but I'm not convinced. 
you know, and we could have certainly been fifth or sixth in getting into Europe. And and they threw the towel in then. And I think that's what I found most disappointing about Goose, the fact that he hasn't stuck a rocket out of the, up them and got them motivated to play better and actually try and give a damn and, you know, not just settle for the fact that, oh, well, we haven't got relegated. We are, we are, we've been shit this season. Let's just sit here and not bother playing because we're not, we can't get relegated. And I just think that's pathetic and really disappointing. It shows a huge lack of character in the mm. squad. Yeah. You know, we had we had this outstanding we, lack of character. Yeah, well, it, it is. We had the whole the previous. You know, we keep harking back to that wonderful team. They all have character. This team's got no character. It's only now that they come out and say, "Oh yeah, we've been disappointed." Like Matic has been a disappointing season. No fucking shit, Sherlock. Mm. Listen, year ago. listen, boys. We we need to rather than you know pin poor old goose to the wall. Uh, we we should move on and talk about the man who's coming in to replace him. Um, you know, watching the shambles that keeps on unfolding last Monday accepted, um, he's seriously got a massive job on his hands, I think, next season, doesn't he? Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, Tony, kick it off. Well, you know, um, we're already, you know, do you know the bookmakers are already taking bets on whether or not he will actually start in the job? Wow. You know <laughs> seriously? <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Because... Because now you've got this Christ. this disinformation it could be, but this leak coming from the club that um, and I think this I think Lolly Sean is a toad. I, you know, he's a despicable <laughs> Frenchman. Uh, you know, for, for everything, you know, he he, he turned Peter Check into a oof it up the park man. Mm. Let's face it, that's what we used to do when Drogba was in the team. Check would get the ball, oof up the park. Well, it was quite successful, to be fair, Tony. It, he was, but ultimately, um, you know. We've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the moment, who for whatever reason has has, has had a an awful season, awful. who's now publicly gone out and said, I don't like him. And if you're going to do a clear out of the club, then get rid of some of these people. And I just think that actually Conte should have been given, you know, he's a sought after. He, if it hadn't been us, he could have gone to pretty much uh, any club, I think, with his track record, right? Um, and instead, he's managed. He's come to us. I assumed he'd be a real hard Italian man who'd sit there and say, "If I bring my people on, the, the answer is no." And apparently, he can't bring his own goalkeeping coach in. The whole is it Walter Sabatini thing seems to have fallen yeah. by the wayside. Who left Roma on the basis that I think he'd, he'd given the nod from from Conte. So I think Conte's now probably. I wouldn't be surprised if the man's looking at it going, "You know, this isn't what I signed up for." Uh, and and I think he has got a massive job. He would. He will be. Uh, you know, uh, 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 fantastic. But if the club are going to keep throwing marbles under his feet, yeah, then we're we're going to be in the same position next year, and it's a real shame because ultimately we're running out of good managers to go and get, and because the, the, they're going to look at this club, and it, and I think ultimately even the money won't count for much because they they don't want to end up with their reputations in tatters and then nobody touching with the bar to pulp. Tony, I think you know, that's a, that's a, that's one point I hadn't considered in the script and I think it's an excellent point, but there is a, I, 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 I agree with you, I've got a feeling that, you know, Conte is the last chance that we've got to have a, a world-class manager and if we bollocks it up with, with Conte who on earth is going to touch us with a barge pole? Nobody Isn't he supposed to come with a package of players who will be willing well, there is that. I mean, there's rumours, for example, this week, Jonathan, that Pele at Southampton's quite interested because, of course, uh, Conte brought him into the Italian squad. So there's quite an affinity there. I think I think what Tony's alluding to, Jonathan, is quite interesting, actually. And, and, I, and I did put this in the script, which, which is, you know, will he have control, the control that he needs to manage this football club and this football team? 
or you know without that and i think the the fact that emanalo isn't going and lolishon isn't going and he's not allowed to bring in half of his coaching staff are they setting him up to fail jonathan well that's a possibility did you see the um, the interview this week um uh, that uh, a, a belgian tv company had with who's the who's the midfielder who plays for um, for uh, uh, roma nangolan nangolan uh, yeah he was sorry very quickly big shout out for Callum on Twitter today uh, for a song that he said if 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 he, if we don't sing this if we get Nangolan and uh, we don't sing this song then we're doing football all wrong Black Betty Bam Alam or was it no Black yeah, Betty Nangalan Black Betty Nangalan I know what well, I think Callum's fast becoming uh, the genius of songs anyway sorry Jonathan for interrupting no, that's you clever. well no no he just he gave an interview to Belgian TV saying, why would I want to go to Chelsea when they have a madman at centre-forward who only plays football for 10 minutes and then tries to kick people? Who said that? Oh, oh dear, really? Who said that? This this, this Belgian guy. Um, Nangolin. Uh, Nangolin, yeah. And it, I, I watched the interview. Um, he said the midfield is shit. Um, but he's uh, not wrong. Uh, the the defence are shit. Uh, and uh, the club's going nowhere. Why would I want to join them? Where's this? Where is this? Because I've not seen this at all anywhere. I encountered it on Twitter. I think it was only in Norway that that was released. <laughs> That's very likely, actually. British press would have picked that up and run with it like you would not know tomorrow if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, they would have absolutely. He was, he was, then somebody said, do not take this interview too seriously because the. Uh, um, the interviewer also said, I don't like your haircut. And he said, I don't like yours either. Weird. But um, but it was very damning. But then you thought, um, you know what? He said something like, "Why would I want to go there when uh, they've only got they've got London's got good DJs, but that's it." He said. So uh, and I think, but having said that, though, I think a large amount of money would be uh, m- 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 might make him change his mind. Um, but if he fails to get any of the big signings he wants, and uh, and his his whole remit is being diluted. Um, uh, I mean, the thing is, we don't know what's going to be happening, do we? This is this is the problem. He might be, there might be, he's, he's earmarked several of the loanees to come mm, in who are doing, who knows. doing reasonably well. It might be that he said, right, I want the following people to go and the following people to stay. Or it might be that I'll I'll make them all work. I'm yeah. that good a manager. It might be that that's what he can. That's what his well, skill is. Well, do, do you know what he did with Juventus? Is making a team that isn't terribly good into yeah. something that's good. And actually, Jonathan, and this is. It's quite interesting, isn't it, how how modern football has evolved this, you know, almost banal state that a new manager who is great comes in and he has to buy three, four, five world-class players to make it good. But surely the the mark of a good manager is to use the resources he has to make them better. That, for me, is what a good coach is. You always hope that's the case. Yeah, that's what what every chairman hopes, is that that's the power of the... uh... Uh, the new manager coming in has. And in but a way, that's what the Chelsea board have kind of said to him, to be fair to them. Well, that's, that's quite radical, isn't it? You're talking about actually developing players and spotting their potential yeah. and building them. It might be that we've got them Blimey, already. there's no, no career for you in football, Chidge. <laughs> no, it's all over, might, mate. Might I hung my boots up a long time ago. Sorry, Jonathan. You know, so Tony, don't you think it might be that we've got them already and it's just a question of looking at some of these players and saying, yes. right, your loan period is over. We're yes. going to give you a go. We're going to go with you. You know, there yeah, must be somebody out of the... There must be even out of the... Rather than Loftus-Cheek and the others, there must be somebody in the under-19 team that he looks at and thinks, yes, I'll give him a go. Yeah, yes, I'm I'll, sure. give, I'll give Hector a go. Yeah. Yes, I'll give Piazon a go. Or, or Mate, one of those are two, you know. Let's let's hope that that... If he gives Hector a go, I'll even let him give Kiki a go. 
That's a reference to Hector's house. Don't laugh, Tony. This is a I'll tell you what, I'm going to have Tony what, coming on the show you? every week. He's the only one out of you miserable lot who ever laughs at my jokes. I reckon you've got Tony on a kind of recording. I have. He's oh. actually, you press the button, you hear. It's canned laughter. You know I've been talking about having canned laughter on the show. I've just basically recorded <laughs> bits of Tony. and what I have them. silly old Hector you are. Silly. What a silly old Hector I am. Dan. It's called the Chish and Tony laughing. It's really, oh, very good. Dan, um, I've been remiss in not talking to you for a few minutes, but uh, what I want to do is move it on slightly and uh, talk about what, what are our expectations of Conte, number one. And, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm very disappointed to know that he might go before he's even arrived. But, I mean, there were certainly... What is, what is this rumour? Can you please... I don't understand how could... Well, you Tony found it, not me. Yeah, but he signed a contract. Would he feel that the contract has been already broken by him not getting his, his backroom staff in? Is that was... the... Based on a, on a bookie making a tweet that uh, they're, they're giving nine to two that he won't start his contract, it's probably some publicity for a bookmaker rather than anything of any substance. But no, answering Chiz's question, well, two hopes. Hope number one is the club, this is the most you know ridiculous, more chance win the lottery, but the club have actually realised they've fucked up royally in the last few years in terms of succession and they give him a chance, they let him get on with it. And as Tony said earlier, Roman goes and says, right, you bunch of overpaid tossers, he's your man. If you don't like it, fuck off. Secondly, which I think will count in our favour, we've got no European football, so Conte's got, you know, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday games to really instil his his methods where he wants to play the team. So from that point of view, we have no no European distractions. We may actually have a fresh team every week, gradually getting into the way he wants to play. So it might might be beneficial for us not having a European football. Here's another here's another question for you, Dan, and and you know this kind of goes along with the considered wisdom, and actually historically that considered wisdom is usually quite accurate. That you know if you are man, I mean I know Leicester have completely screwed that theory this year, but you know normally if you've got a team that finishes in mid table one season, you know it's quite unusual for them to a win the title or b climb to the top four immediately. So you know do do you, do you see him turning it round? Listen, I think so. This, this that quickly, on, more to the point. It all depends on our, our transfers, I think. Listen, a lot of these players are world class. I mean, you, you saw how good Hazard could be. Second well, world class malcontents and shirkers, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that as well. But if you, if you, if you, if you turn the clock back a year, yeah, that they were team, champions. That, that team won the league. You know, yeah, you, exactly. You've got players that have immense talent. And, you know, not one chess fan, you know, you get a, an old form Courtois, an old form Hazard, you know. He maybe finally finds the position for Oscar to play, you know, not with his sister. Then suddenly you've got, you know, the basis of a very good team. You've got Zuna coming back. <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm laughing at your one now, mate. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's some good players at the right age. So if we can, if you can mould them back into, you know, the players they were, install confidence in them, and make it a slightly happier camp, I, I'm mm. confident. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't. Uh, do you know what we I would love? Look at a manager like, look at a manager like Simeone. Um, who, who manages to to instill a great discipline into that team? Yeah. Doesn't he? And they never stop running. And and uh, Felipe Luiz, who Mourinho decided was 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 um, uh, surplus to requirements, uh, is is playing his his heart out. The, the, the story I heard about Felipe Luiz was that um, there's a throwaway conversation between the both clubs and saying, "Oh, what do you want, Felipe Luiz?" And I think apparently Chelsea said twenty million, and they came back and offered him, and they sold him. That's a story I heard from somebody. Mm. It was it was just a simple throwaway conversation and whatever reason, business, money. business basically. I mean, yeah. look, I, I, you know, for me, I would I, I, the the three things that I would like to see next year. Um, I, I really do want to see 
if he can try and get a tune out of some of these younger players, if he can try and move some of them into that team. And I, I mean, we, we did this to death last week, so I'm not going to go over that again. But for me, it's, it's, it's criminal and embarrassing at the same time that we can have such a good youth setup that's won that FA Youth Cup for as many times as it has in recent years. And I mean, you know, the best since the Busby Babes, and yet we don't seem to be able to transition any of them into the first team. So I would really like to see him be able to do that. And I'd like, I know this sounds very Roman Abramovich-esque really on the back of that, but I, I would like to see him get us back into top four. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not expecting us to win the title, but I, I would really, you know, I, th- I think it's important that we do because I think the more years we spend out of the top four, the more incidental we will get. I mean, you know, and I think I think for me, what what the horror that I have in the back of my mind is if you look at Liverpool, yeah. You know, and and they've they've never really established themselves back in that top top four. Mm-hmm. United have fallen out of it, and you know they're teetering on that because of their transition. And whilst we might deride Wenger and quite rightly, and everything to do with Arsenal, and it's not a trophy, but he has kept that club, you know, through their ebbs and flows of finances, not buying players, making stupid decisions. But he's always kept them in the top four in the Champions League. And if you wanna, if you wanna be you know, uh, you know, if you want to be at the dinner table of the biggest feast in Europe, it's the Champions League, and you've got to be in top four. So, you know, I would like to see him be able to get us into that, but uh, I don't know. Um, listen, chaps, we've kind of come to the end of part three, uh, but we still haven't done Ranieri, and I really would like like to have a little bit of a chat on that, at least, uh, at least not, you know, to honour Jonathan's tweets about it all week to some of our followers on Twitter. So... Because we don't have no emails in part four, I think we've got a good five five minutes we can do on the Ranieri. How does that grab you, boys? Yeah, Magic. just for me. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, we will be back just to do just that and also to have the usual plugs that we do right after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast, and I'm Stanford Chidge. And apparently, according to Mixler, I've been telling some absolutely rank jokes. Jokes that are so bad, they only compare to the performances of Chelsea FC this season which I think is very harsh to me, uh, not to Chelsea FC. Um, now, because we've kind of let everything slip uh, this this week, and why not? We can do what we like, really. Um, but last week, we, we had a quick chat where I kind of threw into the mix um, a chat about Ranieri. And I, my point was that, um, you know, we owed him uh, a debt of gratitude. And actually, when he comes back as a, as a champion next Sunday, I think he will. And I think he deserves to get you know, a really warm welcome. I mean, I, for example, Jonathan, I remember in his last cup, well, I remember the last game against Leeds that his name was royally sung out by most of Stamford Bridge, you know. Other than me. Well, because you're a miserable old goat, but we'll get into that in a minute. The bottom line is, is that I think there will be a warm reception for him and I think it's deserved. I'll give him a warm reception because of what he's done for Leicester, not what he did for us. That's much worse, but let's not go there. The bottom line is, I've considered this all week because Jonathan actually disagreed with me quite a lot and actually so did a lot of the people on Twitter who tweeted in support of Jonathan and 
you know, they didn't, and it wasn't just because they wanted his autograph. I think they genuinely meant it. <laughs> but you know, they were basically saying no. He, he stunk the place out, and he was rubbish, and we had to get rid of him. I, I think actually, the, the 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 truth is somewhere in between. And and I, I've just kind of got a very quick list down here, which let me run through, and then we can have a good old chimwag about it. Um, you know, on the on the on the negative side of the balance, <laughs> there were some shit signings. He was a tinker man. Uh, the 2002 Cup final, which was both good and bad, I think. I think he was unlucky there because Hasselbank and Terry were injured, weren't they, in the warm-up? Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, Monaco, the the meltdown to end all meltdowns, um, were all quite negative. Uh, but there were pluses too, and you know, amongst the shit signings, um, he did put Terry into the first team, the last academy player so to do and be established as a regular. Um, although actually, of course, that's not true because Viali did, didn't he, in '98? But he made John Terry captain, and he, he shoved Desai out, so that shouldn't be forgotten. And, of course, we bought Lampard whilst uh, whilst Ranieri was at the helm. So did the board buy Lampard? Well, uh, Colin, Colin Hutchinson bought Lampard. But if, you, if you'd ever listened to the, uh, the show that we did about seven years ago with Alan Hudson in it, apparently it was all down to Alan yeah. Hudson, uh, because Frank Lampard Sr. had a chat with uh, Alan, and... Frank Lampard Sr. wanted Frank to go to Leeds, and Leeds were in for Frank, uh, but Alan Hudson persuaded uh, Frank Lampard Sr. to persuade Frank Lampard Jr. to go to Chelsea, but there you go. Um, if you want to find that show, good luck. I have no idea where it is. But the bottom line is, I think it's a lot, it's it's a bit, you know, 50-50 really, and, you know, on the plus side, uh, we had no money, you know. There was a year, as I said last week, where our only signing was the abominable Kike De Lucas on a free. That was our only summer signing. Uh, we had to we had to sign players like Emmanuel Petit for Christ's sake, and his his ponytail was well past its sell by date. Um, he also gave us Highbury, the only team to beat Arsenal in their stupid Ponzi unbeatables, invincible season. But I think most important of all for me was that uh, that game, the fourth place playoff, effectively on the last game of the season in two thousand and three. Uh, when we beat Liverpool to get into the Champions League. When Gronkia's cross went in. When Gronkia did his wonderful cross-come shot, and, uh, and and we beat Liverpool, and that got us into the Champions League. And, of course, that was a week before we were about to go out of business, and on the strength of us being in the Champions League, Roman Abram... And actually, funny enough, I was talking to my Russian brother-in-law yesterday, and he, he said that we definitely pronounce Roman Abramovich Roman Abramovich. That's the official pronunciation. But, I mean, he, Roman wouldn't have bought the club if that not happened. So I, I on balance, think that we do owe uh, Ranieri quite a debt of gratitude, even though I'm honest enough to admit that there were quite a few things that did stink about it. And I'm going to let Jonathan answer first, because I know this is this is a matter close to his heart. I'll just repeat myself from, from last week. Oh, well, don't, don't. I'll just edit it in, in post. No, 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 I'm only joking. Okay, I won't say anything. Then. No, no, don't. No, please you know, do, please do. I forgot to mention that used to drive me to distraction was Sam De La Bonna. Goodness knows what on earth. Who, who left the club to go and play supposedly for Milan, and and absolutely correctly disappeared without trace. Yeah, yeah. What a dreadful player he was. You can have it. Never ran back. I used to scream at him. Run! What? What are you doing? Run yeah. back. And also this inability to pass the ball. Your poor old Dennis Wise, who one of my favourite players ever. Dennis never stopped trying. Always his big thing was giving the ball away. He never ever gave the ball. He hated himself if he gave the ball away. He was fantastic. He used to get so ball. cross if he gave the ball away. He He'd did. go and he find the nearest opposition player and tweak but their I loved nipple. Him for it. I loved him for it, Chidge, because that was so so wonderful. 
and they're surrounded by idiots of that that you know and i said last week we we had a a sweepstake every week as to what team he would play we never ever got it right because he mucked around so much <laughs> and on 70 minutes he always took zola off regardless of the state of play there was always a panic immediately afterwards because we'd be winning and the opposition would either score or we'd defend madly for the last 10 minutes because we we we, we'd lost the initiative of having zola on and i will always i will always hate him for playing yakanovic yeah one of the worst players i've ever seen yeah i thought he was horrendous i I tell you what just just negative things just just to interject just to interject for for a second because uh, I think the other interesting thing about Ranieri guys is that you know, and I think this is really pertinent to what's possibly about to happen at, at Chelsea, or in fact we are either at the end of that process or the start of it. It's very hard to tell, but you know what what Ranieri did, and one can argue to the cows come home whether it was the right time to do it or whether it was out of necessity or what. But he basically transitioned the side from a very and hitherto our most successful ever side. And got rid of uh, Leboeuf, got rid of Dennis Wise, got rid of um, Poye, amongst others. You know, he got rid of the core of that uh, very successful side and and tried to transition it. Now, okay, you know, the the pluses on that side were were ultimately Terry and, and Lampard, but there weren't many others, were there? You know, and one wonders if Roman hadn't come in and bought us in 2003, where would we have been? Because, you know, Lampard was shit really until until that kind of, you know, Abramovich year when he came in. Well, everybody was about to be sold, Chidge. Well, uh, yeah. JT had been up to Anfield and looked at the uh, the training facilities. Because Johnson was on his way. Yeah. Because he had to sell. um, Bates had to sell everybody because yeah. he'd come to the end of his bond, the, yeah. the fifty million bond that yeah. he borrowed. He 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 he'd got to pay all the interest off. Mm, interesting stuff. Um, boys, uh, Dan, let's let's hear yeah. from you on on this. You, you Ranieri, saviour or failure? Sure, Seg. As I used to say, he's good in parts. Um, I mean, my moment for him was when we which scored that goal against Arsenal. You saw that his face and the emotion, the tears. That was my kind of Ranieri moment when I kind of. Uh, the size of is he's okay, but then it's it's transitional. You know, you had Ranieri, you went from Ranieri to Mourinho. It's so the next step up. That happens in football. He he did a job for us. Nothing particularly outstanding. No trophies. Nothing really. You can look back and go, you know what? Wow, we didn't have that sort of Viali hood at team. We had amazing football. We had the Champions League nights. There wasn't really anything distinctive in that period. You know, we lost the cup final to Arsenal there's no real distinctive memories you can't say oh yeah that, that was Claudio's team well I think I think, I think it was distinctive Dan and I remember it because it kind of coincided with me uh, you know I kind of kept moved back to London in kind of 99-2000 and I that was the first year I got a season ticket after a break of many many years and I I, I got a season ticket the, the month they sat Viali and I remember, you know, it wasn't the month they sat Viali, but, I, you know, I'd been back about a month or two, it was in September, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I remember us all singing Viali, Viali, for ages and ages and ages after he got sacked. And, you know, it was a, such a shame, you know. I was looking forward to all this great, you know, champagne football, you know, kind of a legacy of the Shekshi football era. And suddenly uh, 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 we had, I mean, it was shit football, it was really slow and Italian and side to side and 
that's what I meant. It was, yeah. and it was, it was, it, you know, it all went fucking downhill very quickly. And I remember, I remember when we finished six, I was happy. I was happy that we finished six. That's how bad I seem to remember it. Who was that other player that they bought? Panucci. Do you remember him? Yeah, he was a miserable old scrub, wasn't he? Then of course yeah. he went yeah. to Roma and won the won the uh, won the lot. Champions League. Yeah. And we're not, not forgetting, we got dicked five one by Spurs under Ranieri as well. Yeah, God, I yeah. I, I, I just think he was. I mean, when I say distinctive moments, you know, under that you know, Bialy team, he had the, you know that amazing Barcelona match. We had yeah. fantastic memories with Ranieri. It was just. It was, it was stodgy best, football, wasn't it? Tony, final point on Ranieri. Saviour or failure? Curate's egg. I just said that. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, Dan <laughs> copyrighted that, yeah, Tony. Yeah. Did he? Right, okay. But Curate's egg, you know, I I wasn't sorry to see him go. Um, I, I'd take some good bits out of it. Um, you know, Highbury, as you say. Um, Monaco, I will never forgive. Oh, never oh, forgive. You neither. When we were, when we were, when we needed he, a, a good player, I believe Joe Cole might have been on the bench. Yeah. Um, and he brought on Veron. Yeah. Veron. Joe Cole must, Joe Cole must have doing? sat there and thought, just how shit does everybody else have to be before I get a game? Yeah. And, and so for me, in the 2002 Cup final, there were mistakes made there, you know, um, and, and you know that hurt me. I did think we were unlucky there. To be fair. We, we, Possibly were, but I, I, he didn't seem to. He's, he, you know, to me, Ranieri didn't didn't have a plan B. He seemed to have plans A to Z, and, and he would pluck a cap. Uh, oh well, let's go for plan T this week. It goes back to this thing that Dan said. You never knew. I, I hate that Tinker Man rubbish. Now he hasn't done that this season. That's no, the one thing he hasn't done. I think okay. the players came to him at the beginning of the season. Of the story I heard and said, "Could you not muck around because we think we've got this right?" And he's mm. obviously mature enough yeah. now. Yeah, all right, show me. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think the other thing that's, that people are forgetting as well is is that you know when he came in, you know he had the Colin Hutchinson um, message, which was you can't, you know, you need to start looking at bike getting players from the likes of Barnet and places like that because that's where we are financially. Um, so we could never go through the big players, and, and people go, oh yeah, but he signed this and this and this, and you go, yeah, but he signed those players in his last season when Abramovich was throwing money at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a... What, Lampard? It was 11 million? No, Lampard was in before that because Lampard played in the 2002 Cup final, yeah. of course. He was, but the likes of Crespo. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that was when Abramovich came. I think that's... Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I kind of almost don't include that because the club yeah. had already changed. I mean, okay, well, we, we, there was, we, we... There was this outpouring of grief on his last game, you know, and, and that we treated... Well, I think it's because he was treated so obviously shabbily. I mean, but, you know... Uh, Tell me, tell he was, me was, essentially, he was a nice bloke, though, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. His, his, his English wasn't as good as it is now, even no. though he's still a bit amusing with it. Yeah. You know, you can't take it away from him. Dilly-ding, dilly-dong. He was considered a clown by, by lots of the press yeah. because he didn't speak very well. But there was a lot of sympathy for him, and I think, yeah. I think fair enough, you know, because it was so obvious. I mean, he was a dead man walking for that season, and everybody knew it. Listen, I'm going to wrap it up because we need to push on, but I'm going to leave you with some genius from the wonderful uh, Mark Barfoot, from the Hastings Blues, who has reminded me of a song, because I don't for one minute uh, think that Mark made this up on the spur of the moment. Uh, he will correct me if I'm wrong. But to the tune of of the Macarena, um, he's got grey hair and we see him on the telly. He don't like to fly, so he goes on the ferry. He hates Frank LaBeouf, but he loves John Terry. Hey, Ranieri. Oi! <laughs>
That's really good. Doesn't that quality? That's really, That's good, really good. good, yeah. Yeah, yeah well done, yeah, Mark. So you, did, you did it great justice there, Chief. I tried very hard for Mark because Mark deserves it. Right, uh, Jonathan, um, do you have a script? Of course. You do. Would well, do you want to do the shout-outs? Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chid. You're listening to the Chelsea fan. No, you've done that bit, yeah. darling. <laughs> Come on, you've, you've been on, on the telly today. You should to be... To wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual round-up of Chelsea. You know, oh, you just get on with it. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chid. Oh, no. Um, email number one. There's nothing there, Chid. No, no emails this week. Sorry, mate. I know, I know, I know. But you, you put the, type, the heading in, though, nonetheless. Well, I thought I was hopeful that one might turn up, but okay. they didn't. Um, uh, uh, CFC UK, uh, you can get the, the last... CFC UK of this season at home games at the home game, not home games. Yeah, uh, from the store. I.e. this Sunday. Store. I.e. this Sunday. Oh, is it Fulham Broadway Tube? Uh, and it's also at away games, but there aren't any after that one, so you'll just get it there. I haven't changed the script from last week. I know you haven't. Clearly no. rumbled um, me. And yeah, I have. And and also from uh, uh, the youth who stands just outside the uh, Fulham Broadway Tube. And they're all trained to do what, Jonathan? Say, say, hurry up! They say. In a, in a very similar voice. I they do. Impressed. He's been uh, the great man. Has been uh, has been teaching them. Um, uh, if you can't get it there, listeners, you can always get it digitally. Difficult word to say. Digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in if you're in the USA, follow the Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone is interested in getting a cfcuk copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter which is at dlundberg underscore d-l-u-n-d-b-e-r-g underscore um, Chelsea Supporters Trust join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's £5 to become a voting member or free for non-voting members sign up at the Chelsea Supporters Trust dot com so you can attend the meetings come to the events I went to one the other day it's very very uh, informative and vote on the issues that directly affect you make sure you get your voice heard and follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. Um, uh, Chelsea pitch owners, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, protect the future of the club, uh, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure the Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. To find out how to how to buy a share for hundred pounds, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash Chelsea hyphen pitch slash uh, sorry hyphen I did that last week I'll do it again chelseafc.com slash fans slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners and that's Canners on tour but you should do that should Shall you? I do that okay I'll pick it up um yeah actually because there's another thing that I've, I've added this week but uh, yeah Canners is on on tour uh, in the US of A, uh, this this well, and very shortly actually. Um, in fact, he's going to miss the last game of the season. Honestly, Canners, how could you? Obviously, he knew. Obviously, Canners is is mystic Meg in disguise. But he will be with the Boston Blues at the Banshee Pub uh, between May the fourteenth and the seventeenth. Uh, they are at Boston underscore Blues. He will be with the Atlanta Blues at Meehan's Buckhead May seventeenth to twenty second. They are at ATL Blues on Twitter. Uh, he will be in Texas. What do they say about Texas? There's only two things that come from Texas, boy. Steers and queers. And you don't look like no steer. So be very careful, Paul. Uh, but he'll be with Shed and Dallas at the Londoners Pub uh, between May the 22nd and 26th. And they are 
on Twitter at Dallas Shed End. I've never heard that before ever in my life. That's from Full Metal Jacket, mate. Oh, it's you are more informed. Legendary well quote from that movie. Classic, well done. classic stuff. Well. Yep. Anyway, there's loads of quotes from that. Uh, don't get me started. Anyway, Bayou City Blues. Uh, he'll be with those lovely people. Uh, and that will be at the Phoenix Brew Pub, May 26th, 29th. And they are on Twitter at Bayou City Blues. Bayou City Blues. Now, Paul will also be playing some football in aid of the Soccer Streets charity, which is a very worthwhile charity. So do go to soccerstreets.org forward slash squad forward slash 517 and please donate because uh, Paul's well worth it. He's a lovely lad, as we all know. Now, in addition, when he gets back to the UK, uh, this has been doing the rounds on social media all week, but on the 10th of June, it looks like Paul will be doing a double header, as they say in the business, with the wonderful, fantastic Kerry Dixon, one Kerry Dixon, and they have entitled it Life Behind Bars, which I like, because that can have several connotations, knowing A, unfortunately Kerry's uh, had a little bit of time inside, and I'm not sure if Paul has or not, but he may have done, but of course uh, Kerry's proclivity to uh, drink a lot at a bar could also be coming into play there, but it sounds like a cracking event. Uh, 10th of June, as I said, and it's at the David Lloyd Leisure Centre in Rains Park, uh, and it kicks off at 8pm, and it's 20 quid. If you want to know more, uh, follow Paul on Twitter. I think he's at King Ca- at King Canners, isn't he, on Twitter? Uh, but he's also on Facebook, and he's, he's been putting loads of kind of flyers out about that. But that looks like a cracker. Paul and Kerry in the same room talking Chelsea. What can possibly go wrong? Uh, and here's a personal shout-out. I, I didn't do it last week, but I'm going to do it again because it's... Uh, uh, the the event is rapidly approaching, but um, last year one of my oldest and best friends, a certain Brian Wilmot, sadly passed away uh, from the horrible, disgusting, loathsome cancer. And both me and my bestest, bestest, bestest mate in the whole wide world, Mr. Simon Kane, were obviously quite gutted about that. And uh, about a month before, or a few weeks before, certainly Simon also lost his dad, who was also a great friend of mine down in Hampshire Way. Now, Simon is running the Edinburgh Marathon on May the 29th to raise money in memory of these two wonderful people who we both love to bits. Now, uh, Simon is very fit and athletic and strong, whereas I'm very fat and old. Uh, so much as I would love to run a marathon to raise money for the blood car- cancer charity Bloodwise, Bloodwise, I'm basically just too fat and unfit and would probably have a heart attack, which kind of would defeat the whole process. Couldn't you run into the pub, Jude? Well, I could maybe drink the equivalent of a marathon, maybe do that you know maybe it'll take him about four hours to run the marathon so it's it's see how many pints i can drink in four hours but maybe get everybody to sponsor me you know and then 26 pints there we go i don't think i could manage that down i could manage 26 vodkas in 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 four hours quite happily uh but anyway simon is running basically so i don't have to which is an even greater reason to love him because of course if i died of a heart attack i wouldn't be doing the fan cast anymore and what would you all do then um, so we anyway, instead of you. well, there is that, which is enough, I think, for everybody to go and quickly sponsor Simon. But <laughs> what I can do, of course, as I've just alluded to, is help him raise as much money as I possibly can by asking, begging and pleading with you lovely people who listen to and enjoy this show for free every week for the last eight years and donate to Simon's run. And you can do that by clicking on the link www.justgiving.com forward slash peter hyphen and hyphen brian 
Uh, and of course, you can follow Simon on Twitter at Son of Kane. Uh, he's not a Chelsea fan, so his tweets won't be as interesting as all of ours. But he is a fine gentleman, and he's been my best friend for nigh on 40 years. And anybody who's had to put up with me for that long deserves a bloody medal, I can tell you. So there you go. What do you think of that, boys? Wonderful. Bravo. Brilliant. Bravo. Good stuff. Um, we're kind of uh, at a natural end, I have to say, very sadly, because I've actually really enjoyed it this week. It's bizarre, isn't it? Potentially the shittiest programme we've had to do. <laughs> you know, we were abject. John Terry, the ending is yes. terrible. And yet I've really enjoyed it tonight. You, you chaps have cheered me up and I've, I felt we've had some really interesting discussions tonight. Yeah, it's, been, it's always positive. It's essentially been miserable, but it's worked. I love it when I leave a gap like that and you all race in to talk at the same time. It's quite cruel of me, really. Do you know what it's a bit like? If any, if you've ever owned a dog, and if you have several dogs, let's say you have three dogs. I'm not trying to say that you are all dogs, but let's say you, you had three dogs and you've got a chocolate drop and you hold it in your hand and you're going to throw it up in the air for one of them to catch. It's a bit like that. Yes. No, not impressed by that analogy, no, no, are you no, at all? I think, I think it's very good. And, you know, it, as they say, Chidge, every dog has his day. Every dog has his day. Yeah. I uh, was imagining myself as a dog. Were you? For the chocolate drop. What yeah, was your was motivation, getting, Jonathan? I was, I was getting at the chocolate drop. I was getting into character. You were. I could tell. I was, I was. Uh, some would say that this show is a complete dog's dinner. I couldn't possibly qu- uh, comment. But what I, I can know. say, what I can say is that we will be back uh, next Monday for the last proper fancast of the season and we will be reporting back on the utterly meaningless Liverpool and Leicester games well meaningless to all of those uh, who are apart from those who are making the effort to go and god bless you all uh, for forking out your hard-earned to do so and backing the team like you always do so brilliantly and have done throughout this horror show of a season you of all people deserve a bloody medal but joining me next Monday will be Jonathan again hooray hooray and and Dan again Ray, but sadly not Tony. <laughs> yeah, you can't go again. Yeah, I know, but we do have. We have for the first time in far too bloody long the the uh, malcontent and shirker, also known as Clayton Beerman. So there we go. I think that's going to be a cracking show as well. Not least because it will be the end of the bloody season. Amen yeah. to that. <laughs> Champagne corks popping all over the place. Oh God! She was glad to see the. Back the oh, will we ever? Now, don't forget to follow the show on uh, Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kid, Dan at DanSilves73, Tony at GrocerJackUK, and of course, check out the website ChelseaFancast.com. Two absolutely cracking blogs by aforementioned, uh, aforementioned uh, Clayton Beerman. I'm sorry, I just got I got got distracted by a horribly rude tweet from Sajin who's calling me narcissistic. You may be right, uh, Sajin, but why? Why come out with that right now? Uh, is it <laughs> because then, we... Then they'll ask you to give him a shout-out. I know, well, I just have. But, I mean, I think it might be... I think... Oh, well, Sajin, we've given you a shout-out. If it's midnight where you are, tell me, where are you then, if it's midnight where you are? I have to go work that out. And I'm sorry we ran... We didn't have enough time for everybody's questions, but we, we probably won't next week. But I'll, I promise we've got two shows left this season. We will do a big Q&A. How about that? Are you in Abu Dhabi? All oh, right, fair enough. That makes sense. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that, and I forgive you for calling me a narcissist, basically because you are right. Um, anyway, uh, where were we? brilliant show tonight really enjoyed it um, all the people in Mixler you've been fabulous as always great to see so many of you in there 
God, I'm going to miss you lot over the summer. Um, but as for you lot, Dan, brilliant to see you in the show again. Good to be back. Yeah, it was good. Good, good, good. You went up to Sunderland as well, mate. Well done for that. Uh, well, more like stupidity, but anyway. Yeah, that's good. It was more about the. It's, it's all about the beers, beers and the boys. Absolutely right, uh, Tony. Um, fantastic for coming in tonight because I know you've been in France. So it was, well, it was wonderful for you to come on the show tonight. It's always, and I mean always, a pleasure. Yes. Always. It's always an honour for us to have you on because we know that you're obviously you are the man behind the podding shed. So I always feel that we <laughs> we eat into a bit of your time when we have you on, and I'm always very grateful that you you agree to do both, which is very lovely of you. Hopefully, I'll see you on Sunday as I will, Dan. Yeah, you we will indeed. On normal, normal establishments. We will indeed. I'm I'm probably off the saucer because I got to drive back on uh, Sunday night, which is a bit of a pisser, but never mind. Um, Jonathan, last but by no means least, a uh, sterling effort to dial in all the way from Norway, mate. Thank you. It's, it's been a nice distraction. I'm up yeah. at uh, three in the morning. To Are get you? Flight, flight back. You're flying back tomorrow. Well, safe trip uh, back, tomorrow, mate. And where hopefully, will be, where will you be on Saturday, Chief? Uh, usual establishment before. Usual establishment afterwards. Tommy Tucker afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. I, I will be because there's no point buggering off immediately because I'll just get stuck in traffic. But uh, I, 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 I will be more sober than I normally am at the football. Where will you be before? Uh, the cock. That's okay. not a euphemism. That's a pub. I'll see you at either. Lovely. Look forward to it, my friend. Excellent. I've really enjoyed it this week. You've all cheered me up, and that's why I like doing it. I love you all. Many thanks to my guests this week, as I've just said. Thank you to you lot, uh, Mixler, for listening live, and for you lot who are about, who are going to listen to it on the podcast in about an hour and a half time. Uh, lovely, lovely, lovely. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.